On today's Locked On Texans podcast, will Santa Claus come early this year with a victory for the Houston Texans? And if so, will it be delivered and wrapped in a beautiful boat under defense? Also, Cody got a one-on-one exclusive. We'll show the ranking, so we will hear from him as Houston prepares for their matchup this Sunday. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, John, some sports guy, Hickman, your Texans football analyst. And as always, on the other side of the screen, Cody M. Davis, your Texans credential media member inside man who is bringing you a nice exclusive from Sheldon mm. Rankins. I can't wait to hear, uh, hear that. Uh, also, your Sports Illustrator's own. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the Locked On Texans podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast. And thank you to all of our returning listeners as we continue to talk Texans on another day. We're going to take a trip to the YouTube comments. Also looking at how Houston can improve their run defense, how they've been improving their run defense, mm-hmm. how the run defense has been an improvement for this team. And then with that conversation, of course, Houston signing Tiger Tart. But we're also going to hear from Sheldon Rankins. So that's going to be a fun segment. Stick around for that. We open up today's show looking at the defensive keys to victory for defeating the Cleveland Browns, a team that is in the playoff spot right now. They have a wild card spot. They are still competing for that division right now. This is a very good football team. I think this is a team that we look at. D'Amico Ryan, Shane, Shane Steichen and some of the coach of the year candidates. I also would like to put Kevin Stefanski in that bunch as well. Um, Four different quarterbacks and still being able to win games in a quarterback league. But for Houston, it's important for them to got all the eyes cross all the T's Mm. when going up against this very good defense. First of all, I want to point out and paint the picture how good this Brown defense is. The Cleveland Browns run man coverage in the NFL at a 43% rate. This is kind of what has made them the best defense in the NFL. When you look at Houston's limitations at the wide receiver position right now, Nico Collins is coming back. But only Noah Brown, who is second on the team behind Nico Collins, has the most points per route run, which is 0.36 against man coverage. That puts him out of the outside of the top 40 wide receivers. So with Tank Dale out, this this usually this leaves Houston very limited against the best defense in the NFL. Nico Collins does have 14 catches versus man coverage, according to PFF, for nearly 280 yards, two TDs um, against man. So Houston will need Dalton Schultz to have a big day for them this upcoming Sunday. But we keep preaching how this game for the Texans' defense to win. This is a game for this Texans' defense to win, just like against the Tennessee Titans. Seven sacks, 12 tackles for loss, six pass deflections, one interception. Uh, They did a very good job of getting in the face of rookie Will Levis. So this is a team that they can replicate that this Sunday. How can they replicate that this Sunday? It starts with how they attack the inside of that offensive line. Houston had sure up. They sure up their D-line, their rotation this week by signing Tiger Tart. 
I think that's the key to getting this victory. And, and I say that because between Sheldon Rankins, between Malik Collins, between Khalil Davis, between Tart, they are going to have to create pressure through the B gap attacking those guards. Between the Cleveland Browns guards, Teller and Bettino, they've combined for eight sacks allowed, nearly 40 hurries allowed, and nearly 50 pressures allowed. Between Malik Collins and Sheldon Rankins, who we will hear from, they've combined for 10 sacks and 64 pressures. And Houston has to get after Joe Flacco because he will throw an interception under pressure. He has thrown four picks when he's ha- when he has two and a half seconds or less to throw the ball. And another way Houston can help themselves not be so predictable with their defensive play call in, in terms of switching from man to zone defense. Houston may want to run a little bit more man compared to zone, which is what they predominantly do, specifically to contain David Njoku and and Amari Cooper, because Amari Cooper will kill his own defense. But specifically for David Njoku, who has been a favorite target, the favorite target for for Joe Flacco since he's become the Brown starter, I think Christian Harris and David Njoku, that battle and that matchup would favor the Houston Texans. Christian Harris, and he got, he got a name going around on social media right now for those mm. in Houston, Harris <laughs> County. Like That worked out perfectly for Christian Harris. But he's only allowed 35 receiving yards while in man coverage. Uh, that was going back to the last couple of weeks. And David, or not David, uh, Christian Harris has also been stout in man coverage for the past several weeks, uh, going some games without giving up a reception. So Yes, the Browns' defense is number one in the league. Yes, they have Miles Garrett. Yes, they have a, a stout secondary. Yes, they have all of these things. I understand that. But for Houston, I think what makes this matchup so favorable, they're going up against a banged-up quarterback. They're going up against a banged-up running back room. They're going up against some good receivers but they have an opportunity to do what a lot of teams have been doing to them recently, which is what they took advantage of last week. An mm-hmm. offensive line that the tackles are very great. The tackles have done good for Houston, I mean, for Cleveland this year. So I expect David Barnett, Derek Barnett, I expect John Grenard to have their work cut out for them, but I think that they'll be successful because the pressure will come from inside. Malik Collins and Sheldon Rankers will have a good day, a big day, and they need a big day for Houston to win this game. They are going to be integral in Houston, controlling the line of scrimmage, winning the trenches, and being able to get pressure on Joe Flacco. Interceptions will be in the favor for Houston, and also a look at being able to generate sacks in the favor for Houston. Make some of these second and nine, possibly second and 14s, right, when you go to first and 10, right? Make some of these downs difficult for Joe Flacco, Stretch the field defensively, right? You know, make the downs to distance a little bit further than what this team would like, and then create the turnovers, get the sacks, and then get them out of good field position moving forward. Uh, I think that's how Houston can win this game, all up front through the D-line. At 9-5, and five, John, do you think when you look at everything that the Browns offense is dealing with, this Joe Flacco is their fourth starting quarterback of the season. You know, their rushing attack is top 10 in the league. However, um, in Sunday's victory against the Chicago Bears, they only rushed for 29 yards. Um, 
you already talked about the offensive line, how they need to get after Joe Flacco. And by the way, Joe Flacco in the three games that he started, um, the Cleveland Browns are two and one. Do you think this game, and let me preface my statement by saying this, because without a shadow of a doubt, nine and five, still in the playoff race, they are better than the three teams that I'm about to name. But do you think in terms of this road to victory on the defensive side of the ball that the Houston Texans have, do you think it can actually be a similar game to the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Jets? And I only say that because going into those games, we were saying the same thing, you know, whether it was injuries, whether it was, a, you know, you have to get after this quarterback, do not let him get comfortable, do not let him get into a groove, you know, and it seemed like when you look at all of the improvements that the Texans were making on the, on the defensive side of the ball, going into Atlanta, Carolina, and New York. It just seems like that was going to be a, a cakewalk game for them. I, I kind of view this the same way because I look at it from no, a standpoint. No, no, no I only say I, I, I only do it because, and look, I'm excited about this game because I want to know how and why the Cleveland Browns continue to win because you're not going to find too many teams in this league to be on their fourth starting quarterback and their most recent one literally is off the sofa and still continue to win games. And I understand they have a top 10 defense, but I'm just looking at this offensive loan. John, you already named the weapons. And by the way, I think Amari Cooper has always been one of the most underrated players, um, under, underrated wide receivers in the league going back to his days with the Dallas Cowboys. And I think Elijah Moore is the definition of what you want out of a number two wide receiver. However, Everything that they've been struggling with, they're still averaging, what, 22, 23 points per game. So, and, and that's why I'm like, I'm fascinated to watch them in person to see how are they orchestrating this offense. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, they got a top 10 rushing attack. They do. But once again, they only rush for 29 games, 29 yards against the Chicago Bears, and yet they still came away with the victory. And I look at that from a standpoint, okay, well, if they was able to hold Derrick Henry to nine yards and they was able to make Will Levis and all these other quarterbacks, the Lamar Jacksons and, you know, the, the Kenny Pickett. Yes, I understand he has his own issues going on. But, you know, the 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 Derrick Carr and all of these other, other quarterbacks, I look at it from a standpoint, this should be an easy game for the Texans. However, I think about Zach Wilson. That still makes me want to throw up. I think about Bryce Young. Yes, the young man is still talented, and I think he's going to have a very good career. However, it's not this year, and the whole entire um, uh, Carolina Panthers have struggled this whole entire season. And then, of course, Desmond Riddle, who was benched for the second time going into week 16. So it, it's just fascinating to me as to what version of the Texans defense we're going to get. And once again, I think it all comes back to one word that I still think is a main issue with this team consistency i i agree though i look at the the cleveland browns they are driven by their defense they have the oh yeah without shadow in the league, uh only allowing 261 yards per game one of the you know uh 158 yards in the air 102 through the ground they're also one of the best teams in the nfl in creating turnovers they also have a defensive mvp candidate on on this on you know on their side of the ball in miles garrett who by the way the uh, mvp I'm okay with that, <laughs> but if he's getting defensive MVP considerations, got to look at John Gennard, who is a half a sack away from 
Miles Garrett sacks on the true. year, but he looked, you know, he has, uh, you know, more tackles for loss. You know, John Gennard has some of the same numbers in some areas. He has better numbers. And I think that he's been almost as in, impactful as Miles Garrett. I uh, haven't saw a lot of Cleveland Browns games, but when I look at John Gennard, uh, what player has been, let's, let me take a time out real quick. What player for the Houston Texans defense has been through 16 weeks as consistently good as mm. John Grenard? Derek Stingley has been out. He's missed games due to an injury. Jalen Petrie was a guy that we thought would be a defensive pro bowler this year. I know a lot mm. of guys saw I saw a lot of tweets uh, pro at the beginning of the year. You know, that's not happening. Steven Nelson has been good, but there's been moments and times where he's been off. We've given a lot of praise to Christian Harris over the last several weeks, but we know about him early in the season losing snaps, right? He was trying to figure it out. Hmm. Um, Will Anderson, he's going, you know, weeks without a sack, right? He, but he's a rookie, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. What I'm getting at is who on this Texans defense, a defense that has improved drastically in the run, that has improved in terms of getting after the quarterback. Who's been the firepower, the backbone of that defense consistently for 16 weeks? Who's been the guy? It's been John Gennard. So am I calling him defensive player of the year? No, I'm not. But I don't know if he is in the running for a, a most improved. I don't know, but there should be some light shed on John Gennard, who I think is in line for a very big contract this offseason. Of course, I'm back. Some of y'all have made some money. Some of y'all are mad. But overall, this is why it's fun. This is why prize picks is, is the top of the game. This is why we come and tell you guys about prize picks. Whether you win or lose, it's still the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's still the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It still gives you the best odds against the numbers. Because you're not battling thousands of other players. You're not at Vegas going up against a he said, he said, she said, a he picked, she picked. Now you're not doing that. It's just you versus the numbers, the more than or less than. That's it. You pick the more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you sit back and watch the winnings roll in. Uh, you also want to play alongside some of Prospect's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now do that in the Community Plays option under the promo tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Prize Picks also offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you are if you're a guy that you know, may bet on a player that may go down more frequently. This is what prospects do for you. Uh, if you have a player who exits the game early in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prospects is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So what can you do to get in on the action? Well, the if you haven't in the past, go to prospects.com. Uh, use promo code locked on NFL if you're a first time user. The first time deposit match will be up to $100. Again, go to prospects.com or download the app. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first time deposit match up to $100. Prospects daily fantasy sports 
the most exciting and fun way to play it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. And Sunday's game against Tennessee might have been one of my favorite games since I started covering this team just due to their ability to contain Derrick Henry. That is a man who has rushed for over 200 yards in four of the last five games he played against the Texans. Um, John, you know, over the last two years, I've been harping on this team to improve at stopping the run. There was moments where I didn't even want them to be top five, top 10. I just wanted them to be decent. <laughs> and if you sat through the 2022 season, that might have been one of the worst teams at stopping the run in league history and over the last two seasons i know you guys heard this stat before but over the last two seasons this was a team that was giving up 150 yards on the ground however um after the game against tennessee a lot has been made about the performance that they did against eric henry however this is a team that has made a major improvement at stopping the run through the whole entire 2023 season. As of yes. right now, they are coming into week 16 as the sixth best team at stopping the run, giving up only 93 and a half yards on the ground. So throughout this whole entire Woo! week, I know, right? To go wow. from, like this season. I knew they got been, better, but yes, 93.5. So wow. This whole entire week started on Monday. I went around in practice conferences asking Coach D'Amico Ryan, certain players like Malik Collins, um, defensive coordinator Mac Burks, you know, what has been the key to the improvements that you guys have made with your run defense? And all three of those guys say two names, defensive line coach Jacques Cezier and my guy Sheldon Rankin. So I had an opportunity to catch up with both Coach Jacques Cezier and Sheldon Rankis, and this is what they had to say about the improvements that this team has been able to make with their run defense. One of the big improvements that the team has made has been the ability to stop the run. Can you just talk about some of the intangibles that you guys were able to instill to help that? Yeah, I mean, it just starts with the matter front, and those guys just bought into the fact that we're going to attack every single down. And, and that's it's easier said than done, you know, to commit to that every single time you're coming off the ball and you're colliding with somebody. I mean, it's a violent collision every single time. You got to use your hands, you got to knock people back, you know, you got to shed blocks and get to the play. And, and, and obviously, you have to have some, some gap integrity and some discipline. So, those guys committed to that and they work it every single day. And our NBA period you know coach rod uh he does a great job with the defensive ends i mean with the d tackles and we come together and it just it, it's been it's been a really nice uh you know evolution of, of the defensive line what was it like on sunday to know that you guys held derrick henry to like probably the career lowest that he ever had not nine um yards you know you know i didn't realize it until after the game and obviously, you know, he's, he's been, you know, he's played at a high level for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, but just a credit, I mean, he, he, it starts up front, but that's a credit to the entire defense. You know, the linebackers coming in, filling holes and, 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 and making aggressive tackles, secondary coming down, doing their job. So it's everybody at all three levels working together to stop the run. And, and, and we were committed to doing that, and that's what we did. So there's everybody. The one thing I've, I've, I've asked Coach, I asked, um, I asked Coach, I asked the 
D-line coach, and I just asked Matt Burt about the improvements you guys have made in the run game. He said one thing that stood out was the fact that you actually been in this system before. Taking your time in New York with Robert Sala? Yeah, yeah. What has been, from what you've been able to see, like what has made made the improvements that for, for the run defense for the scene? Uh, I just think it takes, I think everyone uh, sees the success this scheme has and then immediately think that, oh, it just transfers over to whomever is running it. Mm -hmm. And they, this system also has a lot of nuances within its simplicity yeah. uh, that a lot of people don't get to break down and understand because, you know, they're not in meeting rooms. They don't, you know, get that mm -hmm. uh, part of it. So I think it just, sometimes it just takes a while for everyone to get on the same page yeah. about, you know, how certain things need to be fit, or where uh, where a guy can take his shots, or where a guy mm -hmm. can scream downhill, or where he needs to be a little patient, or where he needs to be more lateral, where like you know all those different nuances that you know a lot of people don't see. Everybody just you know hears about this scheme, like oh everybody gets off D line attacks and they get downhill, and yeah. they're like you know and they think you know it's just supposed to be like okay San Fran was good at it, Jets are good at it, like oh so. Houston's just supposed to be great out the gate, you know, and I think, uh, you know, we had our moments where we were good early in the season, but I think it's just everybody's gotten comfortable with what's being asked of them. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of, you know, we, we've always had the players, we've always had the talent, you know, nothing's changed on that front. It's just a matter of guys have gotten comfortable, guys have, have, have gotten, uh, you know, just, you know, understanding what's being asked of them and, and down in, down out. You know, when, once you're comfortable with the scheme, then you're able to just, focus more on what your opponent is doing. You know, when there's that indecision of, you know, still trying to grasp certain things and concepts within your own scheme, it's hard to truly focus on what the other team is doing because you're, there's that slight hesitation in, you know, your own things that you have to do. And, you know, football is a game of inches. So, you know, that little hesitation is the difference between, a, you know, a, a run for no gain and a gain of six, you know. So, and you know, second and four and second and ten, you know, those completely different sides of the play call sheet for for an offensive coach, you know, different mm -hmm. things like that. So I just think guys have gotten comfortable, guys have gotten, you know, just more more understanding of what's being asked of them and you know, that allows, you know, us to, to play together, you know, knowing that the man next to you is locked in on his details so we can just go ahead and focus on what our opponents are doing. Last question before I let you go. Oh, this is two part of what was it? like for you and the rest of the defense last week to hold Derrick Henry to just nine yards and along those same lines. What, what can you guys do to improve to replicate that same success Sunday against the Browns? Yeah, no, that was big. I think... Uh, I don't think he ever been built nine yeah, yards before. I think, yeah, I think, I think that was his lowest total since like 2017 or something. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, I think for us, you know, you know, Derrick is a guy who's you know, one had a lot of success, you know, sadly playing against Houston. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but he's a guy that you know, if you allow him to to build up his momentum to get going, you know, he's he's hell on wheels. You yeah. know, he's you know, arguably you know, the fastest, if not the fastest player on the field mm -hmm. at, at most times when he gets going, uh, and one of the biggest. You, you take out the the D tackles. I mean, he's 
he's you know arguably, arguably bigger than everybody else on the defense. So yeah. um, you know he's a guy that you know you got to corral, you got to get him before he gets going. Um, and I think guys just did a great job last week of of understanding uh, that's where their the, the, their offense is going to run through. You know, mm -hmm. they, they were going to lean on Derek. And, you know, we felt like if we could take him away early uh, and often, you know, and put the ball in a, you know, a young quarterback's hands, so he was playing well, but, you know, uh, you know, we like our chances with, with being able to pressure up front and, and play coverage on the back end. Um, so, yeah, so I think that, that's that's all that was, you know, just being able to to lock in on the details of, of slowing Derek down early and often, mm -hmm. you know, getting as many guys, hitting him as possible, uh, and then, uh, allowing you know our strengths to take over, which is you know our front four being able to, to pressure the quarterback, and you know and, uh, we got some good guys playing coverage on the back end, and then uh, just going forward, it's just the attention to detail. Uh, you know we're at that point in the season, like I said, guys are comfortable with what's being asked of them, so it's about the attention to details on you know what the other team is doing, you know, whether it's a you know, a certain split by this player or a certain, you know, if this gap is wider, understanding what's coming or this backfield set or different things like that. Just understanding, you know, how teams are going to try to attack us, uh, understanding how, how teams are going to try to out-leverage us and different things like that. You know, we stay on top of those things. And play with the same effort and energy we played with last week. Uh, we'll put ourselves in a good position to, to be able to replicate that success. Thanks, man. Yeah, Listen, this Sunday, you may be getting home from church trying to rush and get to where you need to be, which is on the couch, and forgot to pick up some food. Don't worry. DoorDash, super simple, super easy. You don't want to leave your couch. You want to make sure that you tune into every moment, every quarter, every down, every drive, every pass, every run, every defensive play of this Texans game because it's very important that they win. Playoff push. You don't want to miss it, but you still got to eat. Your stomach is rumbling. You're getting hungry. DoorDash it to your home right now. New customers can get 50% off up to a $10 value on their first order when using promo code LOCK23. That's 50% off when using promo code LOCKED23, LOCK23. Subjects to change, terms apply. Welcome back in, Locked on Texans listeners and viewers out there. We are taking a trip to the mm. YouTube world, one of my favorite <laughs> parts, whenever we get a chance to do so. Uh, and it's been a while, honestly, so glad to be back. This will be a good game, a low-scoring game. will be a defensive win, Texans 19, Cleveland 17. And this is from oh, wow. ACSRIN Jector <laughs> 9526. A sar, a SAR injector? I don't know. But uh, I, I agree, man. I don't know if it's 17, 19, 17, or whatever the case is. But I do think this would be just like the Tennessee Titan game. Mm. A one possession game where it comes down to the wire. Uh, and I think this would be defensively a tough game. I think I, I, I think this is a game that man, we may, I, I may think, I think it may get lower than that. I do too. In, in terms of score wise. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you my score prediction. I actually, twelve have ten. No, nah, I got lower than that. I got the Dang. Texans winning nine to six. Woo! <laughs> Three field goals. That's all we need. <laughs> and thankfully, nine to six. Kaimi Fairbairn is back. 
Don't do, don't do, well, Danny Amendola like that. Matt Amendola. Matt Matt Amendola, excuse me. Don't do Matt Amendola like that. Matt Amendola did what he can do and actually won us not one but two games in the process. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Same same episode, Kizik. Again, I'm sorry if I'm not saying this name right, man. Uh, some of y'all get me with these YouTube names. Hmm. He said, this banged-up offense is not putting up a single point against the best defense in the NFL. Finishing out 10-7 ain't a bad deal. Definitely doable if CJ is at least back by week 18. 10-7 hmm. um, is great for Houston. Ten, 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 I don't know if 10-7 gets them in the playoffs. With losses to uh, the coast the first time, so I don't know, you know, I, I'm not sure how that looks and some of the Jets' losses and how the Jets' loss and the Falcons' loss, how everything will play off, play out, and maybe some of the tiebreakers. But if ten and seven is the final record of the year with or without the playoffs, that's very successful for this team. Yeah, um, you know, ten and seven. They, they might get into the playoffs if they go 10-7 and seven because, first and foremost, and we haven't talked about this on the show given when the news broke, Jacksonville is in danger because Trevor Lawrence is in concussion they protocol. Are. So I can't say without a shadow of a doubt that they're going to make the playoffs yet alone win the division. I understand Indy is probably – Let's say I was I would say the biggest threat to the Texans, um, depending on how long Trevor Lawrence is out due to a concussion. Uh, in the words of Coach D'Amico Ryan's, everybody go through the concussion protocol differently. And we don't know, of course, we're not in Jacksonville. We don't know, you know, how bad Trevor's concussion is, as we know almost everything about CJ's concussion. By the way, another day still doing good. Hopefully he'll be back next week. But in order for the Texans to go, what, 10 and 7, that means that they will what lose this game and win out the last two, which is doable. Mm-hmm. I, I I would say so. Mm-hmm. I, I would say so. You know, hopefully, you know, I, I still think this is a winnable game. I just think it's gonna be one of those games where both teams, especially the Texans, um, like they did, and hopefully with the addition of Nico Collins, maybe that give them that that extra push on the offensive side of the ball. But I look at it from a standpoint, John, to your point of like of the Tennessee game. It's going to be a defensive game. And if both teams can protect the ball, I think, you know, it's just going to be, hey, get us to this particular spot on the field. Like hmm. special teams coordinator Frank Ross literally just talked about it on Thursday in terms of how they talk to Costa Mico Ryans and Bobby Slowick throughout the game, especially during crunch time to where it's like, okay, we just need three points. If we can just get to that point, part right. of the field on this side of the hash marks um then kaimi is you know 90 80 percent field goal kicker versus over here you know and i think that is where this game is basically going to go i also want to mention how important you know to that point before we move on i also want to mention how important field position is in this game period when you have mm-hmm. an offense that's struggling like the houston texans are right now when your quarterback is out so you had a you know a few of those downs last week where they started on the inside of that 20 mm-hmm. uh, against the Jets. You said you had a couple of downs where they was on the inside of the 10 uh, drives, excuse me. They don't want to be put in bad field position. Mm-hmm. So for special teams, getting good returns whenever you get a chance, uh, getting some good punt returns. And then defensively, 
keeping them on, on, on the opposite side of the field. So whenever they do have to punt, they're not booming it all the way down to the opposite 20, to the op- inside the 20. You want you want better field position in order to give your offense every opportunity that they can. Now, the John Mechie episode, that episode, that episode garnered nearly 6,000 views. And it seemed like a lot of people had been having this thought about John Mechie. And then one of the things that I thought um, was interesting to see was the support for John Mechie, which is great. But also on top of that, just some of the realizations that we're coming to with John Mitch as a player right now. This isn't an end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. But one of the comments that I thought was good from my man, Jalen Johnson, 0339, who comments a lot. So shout out to him. I would say give Mitchie one more year. He didn't play football in college. I mean, he didn't play at football at all last year. We expected Mitchie to step up, but it's probably going to take some time. Now, if Mitchie struggles next year, it's going to be a problem. Mm. Also, looking at another comment from Eric Cor Corlin sixty sixty two nine, Mechie needs to be given the same amount of time as Nico to play well. Mm. I like that. I like that too. I like that. I, and and again, I want to highlight these comments for this specific episode because there's a lot of support there. Cody and I are not ready to you know simply just say move on from it. Well, Houston got three. Texas got three more games to close out this this year. They still are without Tank Dale. There's still room for him to have a, a breakout moment for this offense. Uh, we also look at Mark Pazival, 2954. Sometimes things don't work out. You have to move on from Mitch. Maybe he just needs a new start with a different team, and some other team will pick him up. Sometimes life doesn't seem fair, but down the road, things work out for the best. So looking at some of the realizations, some of the support here, um, and my man or or my girl, Jam B99. You probably won't see Mechie or Hutchinson next year if the rumor that Mike Evans comes here f- from the books. I, we, we don't we don't we don't know that. We don't know that. <laughs> we don't know that. Last but not least, I'll keep Mechie, give him a little bit more time. Cody, before we close out, your final thoughts on John Mechie right now. Um and, and, and the support of you know, giving him more time, which is fair. I think I think they put it perfectly. Give him the same amount of time as Nico Collins has gotten, which I think in in a way you may want to look at, you know, giving him a little bit of additional time because of what he's been through and his adversity. Hmm. Uh, I think for me, I've just been looking to see because he's out there. What impact can he have to close out the year to get himself and set himself up for next year? How can he help Houston move the ball? But I've also said it. How can Bobby Slowick help him out as well from the sidelines? Yeah, Bobby is a big part of that as well. But, John, it's just something that I've just been harping on ever since the end of last season when we started. Once we got word that John Meshi was first and foremost healthy, um, and we knew without a shadow of a doubt that he was going to be on that field starting with voluntary um, OTAs, voluntary camp and all that other good stuff i kept saying that this year regardless of what happens was going to be a red shirt year for that young man because not only 
was he going through a situation where he was trying to recover from an ACL injury? But we all know the story that became a bigger story with that, with him going through his cancer. And, you know, the fact that he's just finally out here getting reps, game time reps, practice reps, going through an entire full season of football, not just NFL football, but just football in general, says a lot about that young man. Um, I'm having an opportunity to really like, you know, start to get to know him and stuff. His work ethic is there. Yes, it's unfortunate that we hardly didn't get any type of production from him through this entire season. Yes, there's three games left. There's opportunity there. But, John, I wouldn't be surprised if we see another repeat of what took place um, last Sunday because I think over the last three weeks, his snap counts has gotten lower, lower, and lower. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but we actually talked about it on that episode. But at the end of the day, man, just give that young man some time. Um, And I think within the next year or two, we're going to be looking at the Texans wide receiving core with him and hopefully Nico is still around. And of course, Tank Dale, we'd be looking at this as a top five wide receiving core, not like when we came into the season with asking, who's CJ going to throw the ball to? Because this year alone, they already exceeded the low expectations. Yes, they have. Thank you guys for listening to this Friday's episode of the Locked on Texans podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube. Give me a follow on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. As long as it don't just randomly shut down anymore. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And and I was in the midst of some fire tweets. Uh, But follow me at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter. Of some platform, it's the same handle at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.